Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Rich Stein, CEO of Digitize Your Brand. Rich, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. Just chilling, hanging out in Southern California. Starting to get hot out here a little bit, but yeah, yeah. feels good. My face, I don't know if you can tell, my face is a little red. I actually just went outside. I, I need to get a walk-in um, before I did this, clear my head a little bit. And turns out it's pretty hot here in the Northeast, uh, which I'm happy about. Don't get me wrong, but we'll see uh, We'll see how that affects my performance today on the field. So we'll we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll make sure to be keeping tabs on that. So for the love of sports, what we like to do here, nice little discussion about sports, sports business, what's going on, how it's going on, and some of the cool things that are going on in it. And I really, really like what you're doing, Rich. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more about that. But the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, that, it's an interesting um, sociological element because if you're a, t- a fan of a brand and, and they let you down, you know, let's say a pizza place, you don't go back. But I've been a Raider fan, as you can tell, for forever. I'm 48 been a fan since i was a kid and just i guess there's something about the emotion that's tied to being who you root for as a kid that just never leaves you unless you know some drastic circumstances but even through moves through uh horrible representation on the field in terms of just uh challenging times as, as a football team just still love the raiders and just something in my blood that uh you know it's unexplainable uh but yeah, I've been a fan. I grew up in the Bay Area, so I've been a fan of the Raiders, the Oakland A's, the Golden State Warriors. But grew up, or went to college down here in L.A. and uh, but never jumped on any of the L.A. team bandwagon. Just always carried the Bay Area flag. So uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, it, it's an escape. That's kind of one of the challenges right now. Is there's there's no escape for us sports fans mm-hmm. to just kind of get into something else and and um, and uh, you know distract ourselves. And that's one of the challenges now, just not having any sports around. Yeah, that but that, in general. That is- it is a little difficult, um, but sports are coming back. We know that for a fact. We don't know when, um, you know, MLB, let's see if they get their stuff together uh, and mm-hmm. the Players Association. Hopefully they figure all that out much, much sooner rather than later. But we know the NBA is coming back. We know the NHL is coming back. We know the NFL will be here once the fall does hit. So I- I'm I'm not too worried about that. It kind of sucks. I mean, we're over 100 days now, I think, without like the four major sports, which is kind of a drag. Yeah. But I don't know about you. I've gotten into soccer a little bit more recently. I've gotten into <laughs> cornhole. A lot more recently, I actually got to interview the uh, the Cornhole Commissioner and talk to him about oh, what wow. they've been doing with ESPN and all that stuff. So that was a lot of fun. But we're here to talk about you today, Rich. And while it is a little disappointing that there aren't sports on, there are still, still brands that are marketing around sports, right? Nike didn't just go home. They didn't pack their bags. They're still doing what they can. You know, obviously, Adidas, Under Armour, all these brands are still doing what they can do. Still a lot of sports sponsorships to be there to make sure that people are still getting in front of these brands and vice versa and understanding. So I'm very excited to talk to you. So first I want to, I'll say a second. I already asked that first question. Actually, second question would be why the hell the Raiders, but you answered that one. So we're good there too. So I guess the, the, your background, right? Like, so with digitize your brain, we'll get into it. And it's, it's like an interactive merchandise, which merchandising, which is really, really interesting to me. So I'm kind of curious about the two sides of that, because there are very clearly two sides. There's the merchandising side and then the technology side. How did you grow up in each of these spaces? And I guess which one came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, interesting. I, in the beginning of my career, I was working in technology. So uh, worked for uh, phone companies and then worked for a company that was a systems integration firm, which, which did a lot of uh, web development and um, experiential around process, uh, but all data driven. 
So I was a, a business development person there. So just kind of learned those concepts and just always thought I was interesting and then completely left that altogether and went to go into the corporate merchandising space. So selling swag, promotional items, uh, that merchandise, right? So I did that and still do that now. But, um, you know, about five or six years ago, gosh, maybe seven years ago, I thought, you know, what's the bridge between uh, interactive and merchandise and what is that going to look like? And, you know, as we evolve as, as so uh, mobile where, and digital. Where does that thought come from, though? Like, where does that, like, how did yeah. you be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, where's this intersection? Like, where? how does that thought come about? I don't know. I've always just tried to be creative, try to be innovative and think like, I mean, really, it was, to be honest, if I had to sell another pen, I was going to put it through my head because I'm like, you know, it's such a commodity and mm-hmm. everybody sells pens. And I was just so fed up with going into these opportunities. I'm like, oh, someone came in four cents cheaper on a T-shirt. We're going to use them. And you're like, what? Like, I got all this. I got all that. So I really was kind of based upon uh, necessity of like, I got to figure out something that's going to make my merchandise different. I got to be able to go in there. And then also I wanted to kind of scale up my level of of conversation. You know, a lot of times in the promotional merchandise space, it's kind of lower level marketing and management make decisions. And if you ever get to a executive, like, what are you going to talk about? Like, what t-shirt do you want? But you got to have something a little bit more strategic to talk about and try to, um, you know, bring to the table. So I always thought, like, what is that going to be? And my understanding of technology, understanding of merchandise, I didn't want to go into a completely new world. Like, well, how can I bridge those two together? What's out there? So I started to study, like, what's out there that's interactive and started to look at things and then just started to kind of evolve from there in that thought. But then I knew what I wanted to put together and was just kind of trying to figure out the best way to do that. And that's mm-hmm. how I started to kind of bridge those two together. Yeah. Okay. That, that is very interesting. So I guess if you don't mind, like what is like the mission statement, what is that elevator pitch for digitize your brand? Uh, essentially I said we create print and branded merchandise, uh, that drives, uh, experiences on mobile devices, um, as simple as it is. And, you know, but you have to unpack that. Cause like, well, what that sounds interesting, but what does that exactly mean? Yes. And so Thank it's, you, for you know, everything question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so please answer your question if you don't mind. Yeah. So it's, I mean, anything from print. So we're talking uh, packaging, we're talking um, standees and retail uh, posters and, uh, you know, car- business card stickers to accessories from uh, key tags to buttons, to lapel pins, to uh, wristbands, to apparel, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, bags, all of that stuff can in my world now can drive a digital, a direct to mobile experience on someone's phone and via this NFC technology. And so what that means is anything there in that genre of materials, you could take your phone, you can, you can tap near it with your phone, just like Apple pay and instantly on your phone is going to launch whatever we program that to be and to do. And that's what that means. Essentially is again, we create print and branded materials that literally interact with mobile devices. And the way they do that is via the NFC technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the NFC, the near fields. Yeah. Near field communication. Communication. I was going to go with connectivity, which is another. Yeah. Which, buzz it, it could work too. Yeah, it could work. But so, yeah. so with that, I, I just think it's so cool that, again, you, you came up with this idea. And as you said, there's other people in the space doing it, but not with your level of expertise on both sides, which I think is definitely what sets you apart. And I think that's the most important thing. And so how... 
So let's hop back to the cell phone for a second. So with that, like you don't need, just to clarify for everyone, you don't need an application or anything. Like the brand doesn't have to have something specific that's already downloaded on someone's phone. It's just, you just have to be able to come in contact or come near that um, to, to make whatever the company is looking for happen on your cell phone, correct? Yeah, if we just take a second there, that, that's an important element because it's, it's all about utilization and, and uh, opportunity. And it, had it been an Android for a long time, uh, really cool. But it was, you know, you go to businesses and teams and leagues and be like, oh, cool. Can Apple people do it? You're like, no, not yet. It's this, that and the other. And you'd always kind of try to explain away why it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Apple adopted it. And actually, it's, it's the backbone of mobile payment across the world. So when you do tap to pay via Android, via Apple, Worldwide, that infrastructure is NFC. And that to me is why there's substance to it is because it's not just this kind of cool little fun feature that doesn't have a lot of utility to it. It's the backbone of how we pay with our phone. Everywhere you go, it's tap to pay, tap to pay, tap to pay. And that's evolved, and especially with the Apple ecosystem. And so Apple, once they brought it on board, I think iPhone 6 or 5, they've continued to add elements of, of opportunity with it. And so 2018... They fully opened up the phone, which means, um, of course, you can use it for Apple Pay, but we call it tap to interact. So instead of tap to pay, you tap to interact with something. And now on Android and now iPhone, since 2018, you just tap and you can drive an interaction. And that's coming with anywhere from 25 millimeters to an inch of that item. Just like when you go pay, you're coming pretty close to the terminal point of sale. Same difference here, but you're tapping not the terminal, but some sort of materials or merchandise. And that's driving the um, the activation on your phone. But again, fundamentally, the reason why here sitting here 2020 on June 22nd, that this is so much more impactful and relevant than six months, 12 months ago, is really the adoption of Apple. Um, and then how that continues to be part of the, the new generation of phones. So now we're looking at anywhere from say 80, 85% of the phones out there, be it Apple or Android, can interact with this without an app. To your point, you don't need to download anything. You don't need to turn anything on. You do an Android, you just make sure the settings are enabled. But on Apple, literally just part of the device. And so now you have this tool in your pocket that literally can be a magic wand and uncover payments, access. So you're starting to see this in automobiles and hotels and, and hospitality where you get in your, uh, in your hotel room or you can start your car or get in your car just with your phone. So as we now are growing with the utilization of tapping to engage, we're trying to you know jump on and you know create that infrastructure around interacting for sports, entertainment, you know, retail, consumer, uh, packaging, all these fun things. Yeah. And I think it is just so cool. Um, the ideas that come with technology, right? Like people like you are able to put these two things together that, yeah, there's technology and everything, but you wouldn't think of technology in this sense, right? To embed something in a t-shirt or, or do something with a t-shirt to allow that person then to utilize something on their phone, as you said, have a mobile experience, that can then push the brand further and, you know, amplify that message in a new and different way that nobody else is really doing. So I'm excited to talk about that a little bit more. One thing I do want to touch upon, and, and I'm a little sure. curious about one thing that's always very top of mind now. Um, it's it's weird. It's like always top of mind, but no one actually cares is privacy, right? Like we all talk about how like Facebook knows everything about you. So anyone out there watching this, I promise you, if you have a Facebook account, they know everything about you. So but everyone that also is just like, oh, like, it's so bad that they know about us. It's like, well, you don't care that much, right? Because you keep using it. So that's kind of the joke. But I right. guess with with something like this, what are the levels in place to make sure that, and I don't know what those privacy features would be or or what you would need to kind of keep away or, or, or 
keep in whether you know you you knew this much much better than i do so what are like like what are you doing in terms of and what are these brands doing to make sure in terms of the the privacy aspects of if someone wanted to walk up to this t-shirt or if they just kind of came in close contact with it but didn't mean to do that like how do you how do you justify or 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 kind of keep the the bumpers and the guardrails on something like this yeah, it's interesting. That's actually really secure NFC. I mean, it's the backbone of mobile payment. So there are some elements in there. There's also some interesting things to get more sophisticated with the experience that can be, um, you know, online um, uh, authentication and, and, and cloud-based uh, authentication. Because some of this can be used for like supply chain. So there's some interesting elements around and also uh, uh, confirmation of merchandise. We've talked to some people in the sports licensing space. Well, how do you validate that this is um, the, the proper merchandise. Well, you go in the cloud, you authenticate it and actually validate that this is what it says it is versus just a sticker or label that says this is what it is, right? So there's actually some really interesting opportunities there um, in a certain sector of, of the world around this authentication and licensing and, and um, you know, product um, uh, protection, right? Uh, but also just from a consumer experience, as you tap it, uh, it's not automatically um, going in and, and doing a bunch of stuff. It's actually uh, almost looks like an alert on your phone, almost like a message and you can tap it and ignore it um, or you can tap it and then you engage with it. So there, that fundamentally, it's, it's uh, not necessarily automatically doing something. Number two is depending on the experience, there's some stuff on the front end. So for instance, we did something with um, the interactive coaster for Kona Brewery. And when you tapped it, you did an age gate. So, of course, each brand, right, of course, is going to have their own uh, elements of, mm-hmm. of uh, security, right, and opt-ins and, and submissions. So, number one, we always say, hey, we, we take the lead on the brand and, and what their lawyers and, and opt-ins and, uh, you know, best practices are in terms of that data. Um, and then you can build that into it, for instance, the age gate. Um, also, uh, you know, it could be generic. So, let's say there's a, a poster in a, in a retail that you're just going to tap and it's really just going to be a product um, advertisement. Well, that is, we can show that that was an iPhone and that tapped it at 11.54 a.m. in Southern California, but it's not going to know this is Rich Stein, right? So there's certain elements there. And there's other elements where when we do our wristbands around what we call uh, fan bands, it's you would, you would activate it. So you're opting in to give your information because there's value to you as the consumer or the fan to be part of this, this custom content. So you're, you know, authenticating it and opting in. Uh, so there's different layers, right, and levels. Um, but what's beautiful about it, it's very flexible. So it's not like um, when we go somewhere, we're telling them like, well, it only works in this way. And, you know, that's sorry, it can't handle that type of um, uh, security or that type of opt-in. It's all pretty directive on a client and getting uh, being part of their infrastructure and what they're comfortable with. So we've done this for anybody from the Army to the um, donations around Komen and St. Jude, to the, the alcohol companies and um, Mike's Hard Lemonade, Miller Coors, down to, um, you know, even even some uh, some hospital type stuff. So pretty interesting. But yeah, again, very flexible. Cool. And yeah, that's and adaptable. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you can pretty much use this for, for whatever you're looking for, which I think is really cool. And so you, you brought up the flexibility part. And usually what comes with flexibility or why it's flexible is the technology behind it, right? So with your technology background and and with you know what is it moore's law everything gets way faster over 18 months something like that two times as fast <laughs> i think process oh, yeah. speeds i learned that in college one time that that's my little knowledge drop of the episode but with that like how how has the changing technology how has 5g how have these iphone like 15s and samsung 20s that we're at how much more 
have you seen people starting to actually engage because of the the speed of it, right? Like we are a society of instant gratification. And if it takes more than like three seconds, I'm totally yeah. out. Like, I'll be honest about it. I'm out and I'm gone and I'm on to the next thing. Like, how do right. you make sure that the speed is there and that you're capturing the attention as quickly as possible? So that way these brands are actually getting that experience or the consumers are getting the experience or the brands are allowing the consumers to have that experience. Yeah, great question. I think the, um, you know, what's interesting about this, this is all an evolution of, of, of technology. Of course, yeah. And so there's been some, like, so we had done some stuff for the Texas Longhorns and Coors Light. And one of the challenges is there you had 90, 90, uh, go, go UT, you had 90,000, what was that? Well, I don't know if it's go UT, but it's definitely, you know, horns up, let's go. So, let's okay. sorry. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't, I, yeah, I, I went to a bunch of the games, but I don't remember the exact, um, I will, let's ask, uh, was it uh, McConaughey? Yes, exactly. I'll get him on the uh, Matthew McConaughey. If you're listening, you can yeah, come on the podcast. Get, get, get him on there. I'm trying to get him a wristband. I've been sending him stuff on Instagram. Like, hey man, I got a I got a uh, UT Longhorn one. Like, I'm sure he'd love it. Um, but there, the challenge was just the connectivity in the stadium. So we ha- we actually built a solution around this that was offline that could sync later when there was internet connectivity. Uh, so what's interesting is, is is what you say is about the 5G and. I've been actually shouting out to uh, the, the Verizon people on LinkedIn saying, hey, when are you going to start communicating to consumers that they should be using NFC? And especially with 5G coming out, that's a great combination of, of, of power of, of, like you said, connectivity. Uh, but what, and obviously with COVID, it will be hard now because 5G is kind of just coming out. But the idea was when we would go talk to people and still talk to people is because 5G now, if you have that in your stadium and your venue, it's going to be that much better connectivity. So now this NFC technology where I might tap on something in a suite or I might tap on a wearable during the game or tap on something in front of my seat that has NFC, the fans not going to have any connectivity issues. And so now it's going to be able to connect to that content that much quicker, faster, better, more efficiently because that stadium is is, uh, 5G enabled. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to be very complimentary to create that many more possibilities. Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago when we talked to uh, the folks at UT, you know, they were like, oh, well, the connectivity kind of sucks, so we might not be able to do this. And there was friction, right? Friction for the for the uh, opportunity. And now, again, with connectivity being better, there's going to be that much more possibilities because you're not going to say to someone, well, if, there, if there's no internet connection there, this might not be as relevant as it could be if there was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so interesting how what technology does and how quickly it moves and and what, you know, again, people like you are the ideas you're able to come up with on this. I just think it is so cool uh, that you have these capabilities and, you know, you just have the then opportunity to jump at it because you have this understanding of merchandising. You have this understanding of technology, I guess, which like how what is the speed of both? Right. Like you can't let the technology get too far ahead of like what is capable, right? So like, how do you kind of balance like the coding side and the technology? Like, how do you make sure you're moving at the same speed? Because I'm sure you have all these cool ideas that you just quite can't get to yet. So how do you like make sure that you almost not rein yourself in, but make sure that everything is kind of going at the same speed and one thing's not way, way further ahead of the other? That's tough. But yeah, I've been ahead of myself here for probably five years. I it's thought, probably better like, oh my to God. be ahead too, right? It's probably way better to be ahead. Let's just start with that. Yeah. Well, yeah, to be behind. I mean, that's uh, sometimes we'll we'll say to brands like, "Do you want to do this in eighteen months when everybody else is doing it, or are you a leader?" Like, because some brands will be like, "Oh, we're in the, we lead the industry in this, and we lead in innovation," and you show them something, and they're like, "Well, we're not ready for that yet." You're like, "Well, I thought you're a leader. Like, what's 
going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how would you not want to lead in this space? And I still even scratch my head today on some of the people I've met conversations. And I'm thinking like, what do I have to do to hit them over the head? Like, this is, you know, relevant, right? This is what you need to be doing. So uh, part of it is, yeah, not getting too ahead of myself where they could do this. And I, I uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll uh, get in a challenge when I'm doing a presentation because I'll show them all these things they can do. And it's almost like, wow, if I just showed them, they could just go to Instagram, like that might be the minimum that they need to understand and see like, that's really cool on its own, let alone all the other things you're talking about. So sometimes it's, um, you know, trying to rein myself in a bit, understand who I'm talking to the audience, where's the most practical application for it. Um, but yeah, I don't think the, uh, one of the challenges in the merch side is people have just been so used to merchandising doing just what it's doing. You try to bring like, one of the first things I've done and for a couple of years is gone to these teams and stadiums and saying, look, you're getting out 40,000 rally towels. That's costing you $1.85. What's the ROI on that? You had this bank sponsor it. What are they getting out of it? Anything other than, oh, we had a rally towel. And I thought in the beginning, three, four years ago, I thought that was the no-brainer. Like, I'll go in and just clean up on all of these people just handing out merchandise that doesn't do anything. Like, And the price point, because I know merchandise, isn't like it's another $2. It might be 10 cents more, 15 cents more. And if someone put a gun to my head and said, well, I'll only buy these for you, from you at $1.85, I'd probably say, okay, I'll do it, right? Just because you want to start mm-hmm. getting stuff out there. So the reality is it wasn't a price thing. And now it was like this t- rally towel does a thousand percent more than what yours does today. And just for whatever reason, it just, that never resonated as, as, as well as I thought it should have and can be, right? So you know, I don't have all the answers, right? I just want to go in there and say, I'm going to show these people some, something they've never seen before. And hopefully there's an innovator and a, a someone who's strategic in the room that'll be like, that's what we want. We need this guy to be working with us because, you know, us spending money where we have no tracking of it, no return, uh, no fan-centric um, opportunities, is that's got to be gone by the wayside. And I think that might even be more amplified now as when we do go back is the money you spend better have more value than what it is on its surface because you know, we're spending money, we're going to a sponsor. It's like, how do we maximize the most return on investment and opportunity within this spend that we can? And that's where this can lead into some interesting conversations, you know, with different people moving forward. And I think that's, again, just the added benefit, especially if the the price point is barely, now I know, you know, we're saying 15 cents is not that much, but when you multiply 15 cents by a hundred thousand, obviously the dollar amount goes up. But as you said, as long as you can show them what the technology does and how it really does verify that extra cost and not only verify it, but it does so, so, so much more. You can probably make money off of that data. The bank's going to be a lot happier because now they have all these email addresses or whatever, like how right in the beginning, you know, as you said, you were just trying to clean up some of these, you know, easy, easy pieces. What was, I guess, one of the first things, especially in the beginning that really started to catch people and these brands? Was it just like, Hey, you know, it's 2018. You, everyone has to have an Instagram now. Like just you click this and it goes to Instagram. Like what were just some of the ways that you were really just kind of getting this across? And I know it's subjective, but I'm sure there was one or two things that you saw just kind of, especially just started clicking at one point. Well, it just brings to mind of, you know, I'm only as good as someone who's willing and open to innovation. And then that was one of the challenges is, you know, everyone has an agenda, of course, whether you're the media rights holder or the stadium or the brand, it's, you know, or they have their limitations on what their job title is or what their um, appetite for innovation and, and exposure is, right? So it's really interesting. I went out to South by Southwest, might have been six years ago, and met this gentleman from Coors Light. 
who was in charge of the um, Drink Responsibly program. Gentleman probably in his 60s, uh, Indian gentleman, um, the long hair, just guy like, oh my God, this guy's pretty cool. So I went and talked to him and we started having a conversation. He's like, oh, I do all these you know, um, activations around Coors Light and our Drink Responsibly. So we go to events and we try to get people to fill out a pledge form, which is just a piece of paper. And, you know, it's saying I'm going to drink responsibly, right? So it's part of a little minor arm of these alcohol and beverage companies that, you know, are trying to get people to still, it's PR, but it's also, you know, they want to have impact. Anyway, so I started explaining him the technology and his eyes lit up. He's like, wow, that's really cool. How could we use that for my programs? We're trying to get people to sign these pledges and, you know, it's paper and it's kind of a pain that we got to import the database and like, you know. And at the time, I'm like, oh, what if we made this cool Coors Light wristband with the UT logo on it? Like, why wouldn't fans wear that and then get that as their item? And now as they come to games, they just basically tap in at each game and there's no more data filling out and all that can be tracked and managed and amplified, right? So at the time, he was like one of the first ones that thought this was really cool. And so he believed in it enough to start activating it. And so we started doing them at UT football games. And we did them for about five straight years. And we did different versions of it. One was a card. Uh, I think the rest were wristbands. Uh, but I guess to answer your question is, you know, when you create a product, you have to have someone want to buy it. <laughs> you have to go out there and validate that this is pretty unique and interesting. And to me, it was kind of like a really great validation because it was a big brand, you know, within collegiate football, top 25 program. And I was like, okay, this is just going to take off. This is a no brainer from here. And didn't necessarily happen like that, but it evolved into um, other things. And that's still a major element of uh, validation today when I go into places like, oh, look what we did for this. And they can see it was real. And they're like, okay, um, you know, what, what can be done now knowing it's five years later with the technology? And that's where you ask about maybe some other technological opportunities that could be integrated into it. So it can just add that much more opportunity, um, you know, to be a, a valid tool. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, and it probably doesn't hurt to have two brands like the University of Texas and Coors Light in that case study, right? I think that's uh, that's the first one everyone's gonna get, everyone's gonna hear about, and everyone's gonna see because it, and and especially the sheer volume of people too, right? Like that also points to speed, accessibility, efficiency, and again, now it's five years later, all those things get faster, better, and stronger, which again yeah. just validates the idea more. And what are some you brought up um, the the authentication before? So like something like a, um, a game worn Jersey, something like that, or like, is that mm. kind of how you're able to authenticate and be like, Hey, this is, you bought this. It is a game worn Jersey. You just got to tap this and, you know, sign your name or, you know, like how, how does that experience work and how does, why is it worth it for a brand to do something like that? Just to give that person kind of an extra job, but something that almost kind of clicks in their head a little bit more. Like what is, what is the reason yeah. you want to do something like that? Well, I think if you look at the license world, whether it's makeup or, uh, you know, uh, jerseys, uh, knockoffs are a big problem, right? Product authentication. And then, of course, if you're a consumer and you're paying a premium for something, you want validation that this is what it says it is and what I'm buying. And kind of the old school method of just a sticker, you know, isn't new school. It's not the next generation. It's not other things. So the ability to have that NFC element in it that can provide multiple opportunities and options. One, um, uh, validation of product and authenticity and also verification of the supply chain. So as you imagine, something's made overseas and then it goes to two other things before it gets on the shelf, be it uh, shipping to me or I go buy it in a store. 
So those elements of those two or three steps, how does that validate it and tracked? Um, and how is that um, communicated, right? So the ability to tap that merchandise in each one of those supply chains can validate uh, that element in the supply chain, right? Some people are calling it blockchain, right? These mm -hmm. things. So it, the integration into that, right? Um, so then you validate that, and then now it becomes a digital footprint that you can then, as a consumer, tap it and confirm those elements. But then also, um, for instance, in the sports space, we've talked to people in the autograph um, space. Of, well, let's say you're you're doing a Joe Montana uh, or a Dwight Clark signed jersey. Well, you tap it, and it validates everything, but then it shows the uh, the footage of Joe Montana throwing to Dwight Clark, and now it's embedded inside your apparel that you have hanging up in your office. So it tells the story. That right? is super cool. Right. So that's a lot of it. I mean, it, it, as much as it can do those things, like to me, it's all about, you asked about like, what does it mean to be a sports fan? I'm 48. Doesn't matter. Like a really cool story that just kind of reinforced some stuff for me just in, a, in an interesting way was Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, here's Kobe Bryant, right? Top of the world doing everything. Of course, you know, tragically how he passed away, but there was a clip going around where when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, there was a clip of him grabbing his daughter and running around his living room, just being happy because he was from Philly, right? And to me, that kind of resonated with like, wow, even a guy like Kobe is a fan. And the, the joy he got from his team winning it was the unbridled joy that I got when the Warriors won it a couple of years ago. And I was doing the same thing, dancing around with my kids and my dogs. And it's like, that's what's beautiful about sports, right? Is that emotional connection. And so as I look at, all this merchandise we as fans buy and consume and interact with. And if we can create content and experiences off of that merchandise that bring us joy, bring us, um, you know, closer to our, what we love and how we spend our time. Like to me, that's the connection, right? It's the ability to have me uh, connect with my merch and, and help me be more of a fan. Right. And I'm willing to, like you talked about the, um, the element of, um, you know, security and giving data. It's like, if you wrap the experience around a cool brand, like I don't care if the brand's part of it because they're giving me this amazing experience around the Raiders. I'm like, who cares? Like I'll give them anything because they're, they're part of this experience. It's mm -hmm. allowing me to be closer to being a Raider fan. And right. So that's almost, you're getting permission. And that's really at the end of the day, when you talk about traditional advertising, the reason you have these banks and these insurance companies aligning themselves with all of these sports teams and figures and stadiums, because they know that, well, they love their stadiums. So they're going to see the State Farm logo. So they're going to love State Farm. And sure, that's just that's the reality, right? But now you add that other element of wrapping that around my merch and my merchandise experience. And oh, I can click this and go get a quote for this, or I can click this and go, you know, get a, a body armor drink, you know, discount at Seven Eleven. Like I'll do that, right? But and so now you have that extended opportunity for, like you said, monetization around these other digital elements because that's where there's opportunity here as well. It's not just the merch; it's the data that's curated off of it as well, that is creating a lot of possibilities that haven't even been really discussed or um, I know they're there and I know they could be there in a number of ways, just a matter of kind of, you know, uh, connecting the dots with a certain brand or an athlete or a team and saying, well, by the way, this is now an asset. That's not just something that you're giving away or a fans buying for 10 bucks. Like this is an asset that can be monetized. And, and what, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Right. And that is very interesting. And I, I love how you kind of bring that up. Like, you know, it's the emotion that we're going through, right? It's, it's, I love the Mets so 
so much. And I hate the Mets a lot because of what they've done to me over the past 28 years of my life. But it's just that understanding of if the Mets win, I will be as happy as I've ever been in my entire life. Don't tell me. And I think with what comes with that, as you said, is that connection to these brands and these other people that are part of the event, the other companies and and how they're contributing to everything going on. It's going to be remembering that Mike Piazza home run. It's going to be remembering that David Wright home run. In the one game of the World Series, I actually got to go to the one game that they actually won, which was pretty cool. Oh, nice. So it's, it's remembering all these pieces of information and, and that emotion that comes with it. And so with that, I mean, so this is kind of a, like a threefold question. So I apologize. I'm not like the best at this yet. So the technology aspect, the NFC, <laughs> is this something that you can change? Like, I don't know how the technology works. So if right now something's in the store and you, you tap it and this thing happens. Well, is it the second time you tap it? this thing happens or, you know, overnight, you know, Tesla can update your, your car and, and, you know, give it a, an entire a new OS or reinstall everything. Can you do something like that with this technology to allow it? So that way there are multiple things that can happen, or is that a little bit further down the line still? No, that's, that's awesome. So uh, we call that sequencing. So either sequencing would be as you tap it, um, the phone or knows that, Hey, this is the guy's second time tapping it. So we're going to show him different content. Very cool. Right. So sequencing can be uh, different than that. It can be uh, weekly. So the reality is all this is in the cloud. Right. Ah. So the ability to change and evolve and then create logic. Right? How does it connect to what the cloud? Does. How does it connect to the cloud? So on the chip, there's basically a unique ID and it's basically a URL. We call it a, kind of a dummy URL system. It's almost like a dummy terminal. But when you tap it, it's going to launch you into that cloud based. Um, experience and in the in the logic of the cloud is what's happening behind the scenes oh, and that's where the wow. integration is happening so there's right? nothing so all it is is it, you hit that it connects you to something and then that thing is really what's it's kind of like my chromecast like i throw something onto a chromecast and then the chromecast handles it my phone's pretty much out of the the, the window at that point is that a good analogy yeah well then yeah and then the item though because the item has a unique id on it it's always when it when you when you're tapping it with your phone it's going straight to the context of what's in the cloud on what's supposed to be happening there. And that could be cumulative. It could be a one-time thing. Uh, cumulative is this, this idea we have around something called fan pages. And a fan page is your page that collects and curates content as you engage with your items. So the, the best one we have, or the easiest example is the fan band. So the wristband. So you go to a game, let's say football game, eight games a year, you go tap into uh, six or seven different areas of the stadium, the tailgate, there's a photo element to it, there's merchandise. So as I go tap into, tap into all that, that's creating content, right? And that content gets pushed to my fan page. So it collects my content from my game experience. And again, that could be photos, that could be sponsor interactions, stuff for merchandising, all these cool elements that allow me to tap into stuff, right? Well, also, I can do stuff at home. Raiders are, aren't playing at home. They're away playing the Broncos. Well, tap into your wristband at halftime and win tickets to the next Raider home game or sp- do something with Modelo during halftime to tap in to get us, you know, to score touchdowns second half, whatever, right? But all that content and context is specific to me, Rich Stein. It can push to my fan page. So now imagine the end of the year, I have this digital diary or this rewind opportunity to go kind of review my whole season. And it's got all the cool photos I took with myself at home, whether I'm at a bar, when I'm at the stadium, right? It's got all this cool merchandise I interacted with, any specials or incentives I earned from going to check in with the, with the fan zone or the, or the tailgate sponsor, 
all those things. And that's where I thought, again, from the fan perspective, like you go to all these things, you're excited about it. You're there with your family and your buddies and your friends and doing all these different things. Even if it's not a, a home game, you're doing this at home at the bar or watching it with your you know, family on Sundays, all these things, right. Creates content. So if I build this central page called a fan page, by the way, it's wrapped around a sponsor, of course. Right. But I'm the center of the story. Right. But now I have all these cool elements that are really delivering me all the cool content that I experienced. And then it's tied to my merchandise, T-shirt, hat, wristband, whatever. Like to me, that's why I think it's just like no brainer. Right. You know, not to overuse that term, but the ability to say I'm such a fan of something and you're creating me a custom content page. And then, by the way, think of all that data that's relevant to a sponsor, to a team, to a league. And that's a personal story. So now there might be 50,000 of these because Rich Stein interacted differently because he's a 48-year-old guy with a family of two versus the guy that's 28 and drinking beers and doing all this. Now that's, I mean, what do we want? We want data, right, around. But this data is like all opt-in. It's all curated by the fan. And again, just other other possibilities there. But, um, and I think- you know, that's... That's, that's the value of it, right? And I, I think that value is huge, right? Because fans, it's really funny, like with social media. So what, like 2012, let's call it. It's like you, you're followed by some random account because that's just how these bots used to work. And it's like, oh my God, like this person's following me. That's so cool. And then, then a couple of years later, it was like, oh my God, Wendy's replied to me. That's so funny. Like, how, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so cool. And now in 2020, it's kind of, if they aren't replying to you, it's, kind of like whoa why aren't they replying to me was i not you know like so it's that weird motion that we've been in and and, in that those terms making sure that the marketing isn't just you know as we were talking about with traditional marketing it's not just like hey they're fans of the raiders so let's slap something on it no it's it's he's 28 he's drinking beer he he has a girlfriend uh this is where he lives this is how much you know it's you have to get so much more specific as we've seen again with social media they kind of know facebook knows everything that we do and they can give us that really specific understanding and that really specific mark targeted marketing with something like what you have it's even more targeted right and it's actually it's kind of an opt-in because you have to make sure that you're always doing it so what like, what are some of the stories you've been able to tell? Like you bring up the Kona beer, you know, you bring up some of these other incredible places. Hopefully the Raiders are one of your clients at this point, but like, what are some of the stories you've been able to tell through this product that have allowed brands to see really the, the full force power of something like this behind it? Well, what's interesting, I'll tell you something we're going on right now because it's COVID specific. So I've, I've been um, trying to work with MGM out in Vegas uh, you know, they, they did, they sponsored a summer league for NBA. Of course, they're now involved with the Raiders and um, they do stuff with Buffalo Wild Wings and, you know, bet MGM. And so, you know, I've been kind of chasing down for a couple of years and then um, COVID hit. And so uh, got connected with one of the team members over there and like, look, we need to make it safer for consumers and guests when they come here, especially at restaurants. What can we do? I'm like, well, let's make a touchless menu where basically it's a disc that can be made and consumers now, they don't need to be handed a menu. They just tap the disc at their table. And they're like, we love it. And so basically got approved with MGM real quick. Um, and now we're looking at working at like 10 to 12 restaurants. We're creating these little discs. Um, and here's one I have here, one in front of me. Um, it looks like this disc. So it's, it's, uh, it's got the icon there. It's got a QR code on it as well. Um, how well you can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, we're making these discs that um, are going to be used to drive that digital menu. And that's turned into another discussion with uh, Mike's heart, or not Mike's, uh, Jack Daniels. 
nice. doing the same thing in your area that your neck of the woods the northeast they're going to be making these posters and table tents that have nfc technology and the idea there is you know we're glad you're back but be safe mm-hmm. and so now nfc in those elements of retail and consumer for beverage and restaurants is like okay how can we make people feel comfortable in here and what tools do we have to do that and so nfc is becoming a major element of that touchless opportunity to say well now you can tap near that and get the drink menu on your phone and feel more comfortable of course in that scenario with jack daniels they can put a little ad on there you know now you're on their mobile phone though right how powerful is that now is getting on someone's mobile phone um and they'd be able to you know do other things from a marketing and an experiential perspective so those were kind of the more recent ones um we've done some stuff in the past around uh donations uh, i would like to share this we do something called merchandise with purpose um and you know again coming from the merchandise space you see all these people in the Coleman world or even back in the day when you had the lance armstrong wristband it's like you know all this merchandise talking about things i care about right things that are important to me whether it's uh, fighting children's cancer or breast cancer or, or or autism or diabetes and all they do is they spend a ton on merchandise right and they wear it and that's cool great like i wear this because you know i've been impacted by cancer or i've been impacted by breast cancer and I always thought like, well, that merchandise should be more purposeful than just of what it is on its own. And so I basically created this genre called Merchandise of Purpose, which is it's still merchandise, still the T-shirt, still the wristband. But now it's got purpose behind it because you can tap it with your phone and make a donation. Right. If, if you don't know something about a, um, a cause, you can tap it and get educated. Right. You could tap in and participate. Right. And so that. now that merchandise has more purpose behind it because it's not just about showing I care about something. It's I want to become an influencer. I want to have people, other people take action, right? Uh, and actually that spearheads into this whole Black Lives Matter movement, right? And the, 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 the voter element of, not to talk too sensitive on things, but it's guys like us, right? That have to have this discussion because obviously we know the African-American community is very important to them and they're doing it. It's guys like us in a sense that, what are we doing, right? Other than sitting on the sidelines, right? So my idea there is basically creating this wristband that you can tap and it can go towards being educated or participating or donating towards that movement and taking action to it. But not only that, but wearing it and actually being uh, being mm-hmm. invisible, right? So not being, I think there's some people like athletes, especially there's some athletes that are white that have been told by their African-American counterparts, like, hey, if you're silent, you're part of the problem. Like mm-hmm. you're not stepping up and saying, I, Mr. You know, star quarterback who's white. I'm against this and I'm willing to speak up to it. And I want to be a voice of it next to my football brothers. Right. So kind of the same thing is like, if you're not wearing a wear it on your, on your sleeve to say, mm-hmm. this is important to me, but not only that, but how can I still facilitate discussion? And that doesn't mean everybody's educated. It's like, okay, well, you're not educated. Get it. How do you get educated? Your phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well tap my wristband and you're going to learn about it. Right. And you might be like, well, I don't, I'm educated, but how do I participate? How do I get involved? Well, well, tap it and put in your zip code and there's a zip code finder to say things you can go volunteer to do, right? And other people that say, hey, I want to give some money to support X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So this whole merchandise of purpose, it, you know, it kind of started off a lot with, and it still is around kind of the, um, the, 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 the cancers and uh, mm-hmm. the Comans. And we did one for uh, sex trafficking with Tony Robbins. Uh, but as we look at the landscape today, I'm actually in some conversations with some athletes and some um, uh, uh, agencies and say, look, everyone talks about we need to be doing this. Well, 
merchandise is a pretty big part of it. I see a lot of these merchandise on, on online saying, you know, support this, support this. And that's great and obviously great. But it's like, well, what if you create a wearable that you're part of the money goes towards that? But now as an individual, as I wear it, I can get someone else to take action because they could tap my wristband or my T-shirt and they can get educated. Right. Or they can learn how to participate or, or they can give money. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to take, too, is us as an individual level being able to have influence on each other. Yeah. Right. And if we're going to be creating merchandise around that, let's do something that can have much more impact than traditional merchandise, which is just a T-shirt that says something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I think it, it definitely brings it to an entire another level. And you said earlier in the conversation, probably 20, 25 minutes ago, you have all these ideas. You just need to talk to the right people to get them out. And I think this is obviously <laughs> one of them. Right. Like this is a super creative way of of educating people helping these parties helping the black lives matter movement as you said like we kind of all need to be in this together uh obviously some things are not going as as planned and that's just kind of the the route but i think by you taking it i mean let's take this one step further man let's get you in contact with adam silver every single nba jersey should have something like this right because if they are that prominent and the nfl if the mlb if everybody is coming out and saying it's like well this doesn't seem like it would be too expensive to put in this would be something that would allow them to really take hold and literally get in front of every fan who is more than a fan, right? Now, now I know a lot of Mets fans that don't have Mets jerseys, but mm-hmm. the well, ones that do, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's Mets. Maybe Raiders are a little different, but it's the Mets. So, I mean, no, it's it, but taking it, you know, that step further and being able to implement something like that would be very impactful to this movement and, and other movements, depending on, you know, if it's a player, if it's a team, it's if a league, a league that yeah. is specifically, <laughs> you, you, have you, a mute you have a mute button too. So you're good enough. No, I'm kidding. Um, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're fine. But it, you have the opportunity and the ability to change something like that. And, it, and I think that will make the most impact, which I think is pretty damn cool, man. So again, I, I love that idea and the way you're looking at it. And again, just the way of implementing the technology that you know so well with the merchandise, and how all these things can culminate and, and, you know, that Venn diagram of the middle and how you can affect and impact the most people, I think is fantastic. So there's going to be a couple of people I'm going to introduce you to at the end of this call um, that hopefully you'll be able to. Um, I have his email, but it's like readily well, available on the internet. So like anybody can have it. I got an, I got an answer back though. So maybe you did. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll hook you up with that guy. So I know he, well, I know he answers his email. So offline, I'll tell you a story. Cause I met with, um, I had a conference call with Adam Silver a few years ago with this. Uh, right. It was a pre- well. pretty funny story, um, but getting back to um, impact, and that's where even when I was doing the merchandise and still doing it, is going to brands and thinking, like, look, you know, everything is about the phone now, and it's you know, unless you're doing something, especially if you're trying to drive a cause or a movement, like that, you got to be on people's phones, right? And so, uh, part of the idea with this, this, uh, this, this Black Lives Matter, and even the um, uh, if you saw the LeBron James thing, he's doing something uh, more than a vote. Um, and it's talking about, um, you know, again, how to have impact in that uh, arena as well is, again, the ability to make each person an influencer with each other. Um, and I just see, you know, aligning this with uh, with some sports figures um, and athletes who aren't going to just be about it, aren't just going to talk about it, but be about it and create a platform that allows this to, to, to create a groundswell um, it is something I'm, I'm working on right now. Like I said, I have the, the more, um, connections I can make again, if you have anybody, like you said, that you're thinking of, but yeah, from an agency perspective, from the athlete direct from a retired, um, I have a call this week with a retired athlete in the NBA who's doing a lot of work out here in LA. And so, you know, I'd love a way to 
again, leverage this technology to not just be about profit and marketing and experiential, but for impact. I think that's what, you know, there's, there's a huge uh, opportunity there to, to have it do that. So uh, I'm excited on, you know, on a lot of levels of, of what this can do and um, can just try to get, get a matter of, uh, you know, focus as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is, it's extremely important in the way, uh, again, you're looking at it. So yeah, we'll, um, I mean, I'll give you Adam Silver's email, but like, I don't know how far it's going to get you. There's a couple of people I might be able to introduce you to that can actually get you in front of them though. I think that's the important part, but I think that, I don't know. Should I get him on the podcast first or no, I'm kidding. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe no, I'll get, I, yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll come back impact. and talk. Exactly. You'll have much, much bigger impact if we do it that way. And so, um, to change gears just a little bit, uh, cause I know we only have a couple minutes left and there's about two more yeah. topics I want to cover. And one of them you brought up actually. So I want to touch on that one first. So you were talking about how you can, you know, on your phone, you could tap in, you could see the play, right? You, you can, you can have those opportunities to relive those moments as a fan. And then you brought up the thing with Kobe, you know, obviously RIP, very tragic, very unfortunate um, the way that happened. But what he did, you know, with his kids, you know, when we saw and sorry about this, but LeBron went in Cleveland, you know, I think um, Chris Rose of MLB, you know, he he had that awesome video of him and his family. Like they finally they finally did it. Like Cleveland finally won a title, right? They had the 30 for 30 that came out like right before, or right after. And then, you know, that that whole thing kind of goes out the window. But what about the users? Like, is this something user generated content? We all know we all love it. Is that something that some, you know, uploaded right next to that, that image of LeBron screaming, Cleveland, this is for you. You as a user can then put on that fan page or specifically bed into this in, in some capacity to put that content of, of you and your family feeling that moment again. So yeah, you see, you see what you fell in love with and what happened, you know, LeBron screaming and, and, and saying this is for Cleveland. And then you can remember that video and that moment of you and what you did and what your family and those see yourself and those emotions again, is that something that's, that's capable or, or have you even done that with any brands yet? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I don't know if, know if we've done it yet, but yeah, the UGC is it's huge. Cause again, that page is centric around me. So even with these at home, or this new at home, if you will, uh, experience, it's will now tap your wristband at halftime or before the game and tap it, take a shot, shot of Medell at tequila or whatever, or Tito's. And upload that photo, and now you have this stream of uploaded uh, images, and then that could even be, you know, specific to you um, in terms of taking a, a photo and, and having it be part of the gallery. So that's the beauty of the solution, where if you tap it yourself, there can be user-generated content there that can be part of the experience, whether that's uploading it into um, uh, the platform that's going to go viral, or just your own individual page, kind of commemorating your memories on it. Um, that I mean, it's that's what's great about the technology. It's so flexible that, um, you know, uh, someone could say, I don't, I tell people, you don't have to fit into this. We'll fit into what you're trying to achieve and accomplish. And so we've had that quite a bit where uh, brands or, or venues or, or companies, well, this is kind of unique to our culture. How could we leverage this? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, basically we either a plug-in or there's an SDK or there's no, it's easy. We'll just, um, you know, create this little glue that can connect this to that. Um, and, you know, so we've done stuff with everything from you know, payment and credit cards with the wristband to um, literally integrating into existing databases. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel for someone to register um, to even integration with third party software. We just did these wristbands for a um, Australian sports museum. And the whole museum is you have this and you tap into all the displays. And it's a whole thing with the whole dis the whole museum is built around this wristband where you're tapping into physical displays. And that's, you know, educating you, educating the kids, creating content. And when you leave, you can actually tap into your, your wristband 
and it basically collects the whole museum experience into content for you that you, you can revisit. So again, we didn't build the software, but we integrated into what they had and they needed a unique tool to do that. So that's where, again, you talk about the understanding of technology. It's not all about maybe what you might build internally. It's understanding how to integrate those and, and bridge the gap for other things that exist. And this becomes a complementary piece to it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's that was actually my next piece of uh, the, the next topic. You know, the last topic that I did want to discuss, unless there's anything I might have missed on the table. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I haven't really been looking at my notes too hard because I've been having a lot of fun. This is an easy one. But in terms of <laughs> like, what what are some of those complementary um, technologies that this really works with? What are some of these ideas that, you know, you said you have like, what are, what are some of the craziest thing? I mean, that's a really, really cool way of utilizing the technology. But what are some of the coolest and most interesting things you've done, especially like now with in stadium now you know being at home like is there a way i can tap my you know saquon jersey so that way when i see him play like i actually get live statistics thrown to my phone or or you know if, uh, you know like how what are some of the things that you guys are doing that are a little further out of the box that are really starting to set the standard in the industry to get more and more of these brands these companies these properties to to come on board yeah i'll be honest with you i mean it definitely had to scale it down i mean all the things you just said are amazing it's like you need the uh you need i need the gene from the Coors light guy who's like wow we want to do some cool stuff and i'm I'm, yeah. I'm on board just show me the way and you know i haven't found a lot of those guys yet um we, you know we're in discussion to do some things and you know we've, we've we're definitely um had some success but yeah all those cool elements you can add to it those layers are awesome from augmented reality to uh gamification to unlocking merchandise um you know those are all open you know, for possibilities. And even again, the, the, the at venue experience, um, where this becomes your wallet, right? So we've done some of that, this becomes your access, so you can get into certain areas. Um, and then it really, you know, if you look at the, if, if Jenny's studying of the magic band for Disney, it's like this like eclectic band that does everything from payment to access to experiential. And, you know, this is a somewhat version of a scaled down version of that. Or, or is going to be, but then it's it's more than just what you do at the venue. It's what you do as the fan outside of the venue. So we call it OOV outside of the venue. And so we have a strategy now that it's like, okay, again, pre-COVID, um, post-COVID, it's the venue experience. And it doesn't end there because now there's out of the venue. And that's probably 95% of the experience because I might go to one game a year or if I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm a baseball fan, I might go to six games a year, but I'm still watching the Mets every weekend, right? I'm still watching the game on Friday. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm watching right every, every night. I do it to myself. It's it's on me. Right. So now the seventh inning, you know, a fan band Friday, the seventh inning for the Mets, you tap your wristband, and you might win tickets to Sunday's game or free merchandise from David Wright or, uh, you know, who's the new guy, the new home run hitter there? Pete Alonso. Yeah, Peter Pete Alonso, right? Rookie of the year, right? Guys like that. But to think about now, if you're a brand or the Mets themselves, and you have this tool and all the cool things you can do, and by the way, every time that's sponsored by someone, you're going to show the data to that sponsor and say, hey, wow, seventh inning of, of, of Fan Band Friday, you know, 27,000 Mets fans tapped this or 18,000 of them. And if they saw your message first and Miles Jen, the validation there that, you know, you can provide from a, you know, data standpoint. And then, but then the fans stoked because they're like, I got to tap my wristband seventh inning because I might win this. And you create that excitement, but now everyone's at home and there's nothing going on in the stadium. It's just they're sitting on their couch. But now they're involved. There's this experience around Mets merchandise, right? That's just really cool. Um, they can evolve into all sorts of different things. So, yeah, I mean, this is so untapped that anything I've done is just a little bit of, like, validation when I can go in and show, like, oh, we did this for so-and-so. 
But when you talk about the opportunity to create that much more value and opportunities around what it can do, it's just, you know, endless and exciting is, is kind of, um, you know, where I'm, where I'm going with it. I love it, man. Was there anything we missed? I mean, actually, <laughs> there's a couple of things on here, but it's really not, it's not that crazy. I mean, is there anything that, you know, big, big high level stuff that we might, might have missed in this hour long conversation? I think we did pretty good. No, we went over the, the fundamentals, right? Some examples, um, the, the possibilities of what it can do. Um, you know, how it could be impactful outside of just being a fan and engaging, you know, from the merchandise and purpose element is, is, is vital. We talked about the supply chain and the, uh, it's just so versatile that, mm-hmm. you know, I had a guy today who I'm networking with and he, he's involved with some big um, uh, retails and big box brands. And it's like, Hey, how, and he gave me a list of like certain uh, elements of industry. And I'm like, look, you get us in front of anybody, you know, at your company, whatever they're doing, there's impact here. There's mm-hmm. ways to use this. And it's not just like, Oh, that's, you know, uh, on, on the fringe type stuff, like, oh, yeah, you kind of like backed into that one. It's like, no, there's practical ways in which this can drive value because everybody's got this in their pocket now, right? And whether you're packaging or in-store and retail or it's out of venue or you're you're creating merchandise, like, who says, oh, I don't want to be in someone's mobile phone? It's like, everybody does. It says mm-hmm. you got to be relevant. You got to be authenticity behind what that is, but get into that later. But we're not talking about, you know, the, the, the functional element of, of possibilities is all there. Mm-hmm. And then watches too, right? You can hit up, I think these these uh, watches, you can just do NFC on. I'm sure that throws something there, right to your phone. So it's even easier now, right? There's that, but that's more around like access and payment. It kind of works the reverse. I, I don't think you necessarily can tap a wristband oh, okay. to your watch and then it does something. Um, it may then route it back to something or... Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked with Apple and I, with Apple, I've been careful not to talk about the wearable wristband because they want to push the yeah. Apple watch. Like we, we don't want them having another thing on their wrist. They want that want them to have the Apple watch in their wrist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I get where they're coming from, but awesome member. Rich yeah. Stein, CEO of digitize your brand. Rich, this was absolutely fantastic. Sincerely appreciate your time. And yeah, um, let's, uh, let's chat for a minute after this. Sounds good. Okay. You got it. Yeah.